This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. G'day and welcome to Battle 2 Metal, Metalheads Radio. Local, national and international news, interviews and the latest new releases brought to you by NPR, Battle 2 People's Radio. G'day and welcome to Battle 2 Metal, Metalheads Radio. This week we are, uh, first off we're going to be celebrating the life of Dimebag Daryl. It's the anniversary of his death, 18 years can't even believe it feels this that long ago, but anyway, we're going to be playing some Dimebag, uh, and then we're going to be celebrate, uh, carrying on our celebration of uh, 10 years uh, doing the radio show, so we're going to have uh, three more of my favourite interviews, um, and um, they will po- up, uh, they'll be up after the Dimebag section. So without further ado, we're going to kick off with something from Dimebag, we're going to kick off with Cowboys from Hell. And we're going to go into keeping with the Cowboys theme. We're going to go with something from Rebel Meets Rebel. Uh, and Cowboys Do More Dope.
Metal 2 Metal, Metal Heads Radio, proudly brought to you by NPR Metal 2 People's Radio.
people, don't take the purple acid. You'll have to get down off them towers. play two of my favorite Pantera tracks uh first off we're gonna have walk and then medicine man
Metalatoo Metal Metalheads Radio, proudly brought to you by NPR Metalatoo People's Radio.
And to finish off our little tribute to Dimebag Daryl, we're going to be now playing the track Hollow from Pantera. And we'll finish off with something uh, from another project he had, uh, Damage Plan and the track New Found Power. Rest in peace, Dimebag.
Metalatu Metal, Metal Heads Radio, proudly brought to you by NPR Metalatu People's Radio. enjoy this NPR podcast, please consider subscribing. Our podcasts are available on all major podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify, as well as the accessmedia.nz app.
G'day and welcome to Battle 2 Metal, Metalheads Radio. Local, national and international news, interviews and uh, the latest new releases brought to you by NPR, Battle 2 People's Radio. G'day and welcome to Battle 2 Metal, Metalheads Radio. This week we were lucky enough to have some big interviews, so first off we're going to be chatting with Zach Slaughter from the band Skullfist. Um, and then for the third and fourth parts of the show, we're going to be talking to Vlad uh, Matronoff from the band Pesamora from out of Sydney. So um, two very cool interviews that are going to take up the whole show. First off, though, we're going to be having, like I said, uh, Zach Slaughter. Um, so we're going to be playing uh, first the latest single, Madman, um, and then we will have the part one of the interview um, and two more tracks after that um, before we can introduce the next section.
G'day, we're talking with Zach Slaughter from the band Skullfist. They've just released their newest album, Paid in Full, on April the 22nd. So that's only, what, five days ago. How you going, Zach? Good, man. It's actually pronounced Paid in Full. Paid in Full. Okay, sorry, man. It's that Kiwi paid accent. Paid in Full. <laughs> I was going to put the umlauts there for no reason. <laughs> oh, okay. Bloody blind. Yeah, I need to open my eyes. No, I'm just kidding, man. Because when we were younger, we put uh, when I started the band there, we I was like eighteen, nineteen, and I I put lots on top of the U, yeah, and just for no reason, just absolutely no reason, because <laughs> I thought I had no idea, and then someone was like, "Hey, you know that makes it like school fist," and I was like, oh, "Wait, those actually do something?" <laughs> <laughs> other than look cool, <laughs> yeah. Other than yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty funny things are good though things are good oh that, that's absolutely brilliant so you guys have just released the, the, the new video madman um from there you've uh, had three singles is that right so far from the album yeah yeah just i didn't have to go anywhere to film the videos we just filmed them in my shed and in my driveway so it was easier to do multiple one day i was like oh cool i'll just do this in my yard this is yeah. easy <laughs> Well, that's, I mean, I've looked back on some of your videos and, and stuff, and you know, I mean, you guys have always been pretty creative on that. I mean, I, I really enjoyed, oh, shit, what was it called? The one where you, you, you run the guy over at the end, the two guys over at the end. Um, oh, fucking, you're going to pay. Yeah, man. Oh, dude, I mean, that was so cool, man. <laughs> the murder, the, my favorite part of that video was the cassette tape that said murder jams. Yeah, yeah, yeah you pop it in just before you run them over. yeah. <laughs> Um, so I mean going back I mean that must have been fun to be able to do that sort of thing is it COVID that sort of put you in the situation where you can't do so much now or is it just that you know much easier to film in your backyard no that it was pure laziness it was uh, I wish I could try to blame it on like, COVID or something but no I, I filmed it here at my place out of pure laziness I didn't want to go anywhere I was like no go to hell staying home <laughs> 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 so I was like whatever but it's like I'm not guys spend so much time like music videos and so much money and shit on them that I'm not like I try to keep it like nowadays I try to keep it really basic. I think the funnest video I ever filmed was you're gonna pay. Yeah. <laughs> and that was we made that ourselves pretty much. <clears throat> oh mate, that's absolutely brilliant. Um well, we had a guy sorry, we had a guy named Mac who actually he did the video, but it was all like we all just we're like making up shit as we went along, basically. <laughs> that sounds mean to be, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's odd. That's what I think. Yeah, it's like it's, I don't know, yeah. it's more fun that way. Excellent. I mean, especially I mean, with the changing face of the the music industry these days, when it's all about bloody Spotify <laughs> and bloody all that sort of stuff. I mean, it's really fucking changed crazy. Things, isn't it? It's ridiculous, man. Honestly, it's uh, fucking ridiculous, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, it must make it uh, quite difficult in some ways to to work out how to spend your marketing bucks. I guess you'd speak, so to speak. Well, you don't. I think it's like you don't. Uh, I mean, I don't know what the label did for marketing and stuff like that. I have no idea. But like for us, like I didn't. We don't have any. I didn't spend any marketing bucks. You know, <laughs> 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 it's like I. I don't know. Like. I think it's like uh it's like reviews and you know playlists and stuff i don't know i don't, know. I don't really think about it it's yeah, like, yeah i mean i don't like if somebody reviews the record like that's cool if you like it and shit like right on 
but if somebody doesn't like it, like that's cool. It doesn't matter to me, you know. It's not like I'm reading. I mean, you have to be careful, you know, because if you wind up reading YouTube comments, you're going to end up hating yourself afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> this oh, guy should never play music again. And you're just like, <laughs> you're just me, you know, it's eight in the morning. I'm taking a shit reading YouTube comments. Like, holy <laughs> fuck, man. So I'm going back to bed. Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. There's so many bloody keyboard warriors out there these days. It's, it's ridiculous, mate. And, you know, if you ain't got anything positive to say, then bugger off. I always thought that I always like wanted to know those guys, you know, like sometimes like every once in a while I'll see things like not just on my stuff, but like just on stuff that I'm watching, you know, and uh, you'll see a guy that's like, this guy's a piece of shit. Go fuck you. And you're like, I always wonder, like, could I spot a person like that in a crowd? You know, (laughs) like, could I like, what do you, what does this person do? And how does he, how does he, how does he act in real life? You know, I always wonder about that. Like he's probably standing in the corner by himself, a little nerd, <laughs> you know, or like maybe it's like that fucking American psycho music movie, you know, yeah. where he's a completely functional, everything seems completely normal. And then he's like, I don't know. He's got a separate YouTube accounts for, <laughs> for getting gnarly on people there. Yeah. Excellent. So um, on the album cover, you've got a really cool tattoo uh, paid in full. Um, I wanted to ask you that, mate. Was that done um, before the album, or is that something that's part of doing the album? Uh, actually, a birthmark. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. I've been trying to work it into something for years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I originally, it was what I wanted to do for the record, but originally I took a photo. It was during the COVID thing. I couldn't go get a tattoo. So I had my friend just write it on my arm in permanent marker at first. Yeah. And I took a photo, like a mock-up to see what it would look like. And it was almost tempting to use the photo and then get the tattoo later because I didn't know when I'd be able to get a tattoo. So I was like, I'll just get the tattoo in the same way it looks in the shitty permanent marker. Like I went to prison for a year or something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh but it got delayed anyway so i just ended up going to get the tattoo but when i went to get the tattoo i just brought the photo that we had took and i was like do it like this he's like you know how do you want it to look like what font and shit you know and i was like times new roman 12 point (laughs) bold (laughs) italicized (laughs) and uh how about comic sans i feel like that would look really good um Or that weird hieroglyph thing there. Yeah. It's like a fucking bird. Looks like an Egyptian thing. Uh, no, so then I, when I, the guy was like, how do you want it? And I was like, fuck it, dude. I was like, just do it exactly like this. So he made it look like I did it exactly the way it looked in permanent marker. And he's like, you sure? And I was like, yeah, I don't care. Like, whatever who cares. And, uh, so it was really funny because when I got home and I showed my friend, she was like, you did it exactly how I had written it in marker. And I was like, yep. <laughs> oh, man, it looks bloody awesome, dude. I thought it looked cool. Anyway. It, it does, mate. It looks really cool. And it's sort of like, you know, this is how hard I am for middle. <laughs> <laughs> Our next album's going to be called I've Been to Jail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Motorhead song, On Parole. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <you know. laughs> 
<laughs> Very cool. So um, down here in New Zealand, the first uh, a lot of people probably would have heard of you is through the Deathgasm uh, soundtrack. Um, yeah. That was pretty cool to get your, uh, two tracks on there as well. Um, how did you come about to be able to do that? And yeah, it must be pretty cool to be able to get on a, a soundtrack. So, yeah, it was uh, like every once in a while, like a, a, like a small indie dude will be doing like a horror movie and be like, hey, can I use this golf songs? And I'm always like, yeah, like whatever, I don't care, go ahead. <clears throat> so like, as long as it's something cool, you know, like I'm not going to put skull fist and sex in the city or something there, but yeah, uh, eat, pray, fist. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately said to myself, it sounds like a porno name. Oh, it's okay, man. I rented eat, pray, fist and Schindler's fist. And <laughs> it's just, it's just, sorry these are terribly i'm 35 i probably should have grown up by now um hell no mate <laughs> no it was good so when he emailed i didn't know anything about the movie he's like hey man these are the bands i'm using you know i want to use skullfish and he had picked awesome bands man so i was like yeah obviously this guy's like an actual heavy metal dude so like, yeah like do whatever you want you know and uh and then the, his movie came out i remember he had told me but like i couldn't watch it anywhere so i was like oh, i'll watch it later or whatever <clears throat> and then he did he would then i seen that he every time i seen it like news about it it was always getting more popular i was like oh fuck good for that fucking dude i was like i gotta see this damn thing and then he he was doing then he set up premiere he started doing premieres then he set a premiere in toronto and i was you know i lived in toronto at the time so i was like oh fuck you know what i'm not gonna watch it i'm gonna wait till the premiere and i'll go see it then and uh so he came and he was there and me and casey he, he probably thought we were annoying as shit because we got terribly drunk <laughs> and uh yeah and so when i did finally watch it at the theater i was like fuck i was like this guy did a really fucking good job <clears throat> like this was not just some dude making a whatever film you know what i mean like whatever i don't know what his budget was or whatever but whatever he did and how he did it he did a really fucking good job man. and i was like totally <clears throat> i was blown away on how fucking awesome it was well, that's it. I mean, we he's a able- super nice dude too had an awesome time hanging out with him Oh, mate, that's absolutely killer, man. I know he's having hassles trying to make a number two for it. So, um, you know, hopefully he'll get you guys back on the soundtrack. Or hopefully he gets yeah, number I two mean, made. I know he's working on it. So fingers crossed. Well, I mean, now we maybe we gave him an idea for that Eat, Pray, Fist thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going in a new direction here. Here we go. <laughs> Definitely. I'm going to have to pass this interview on to him. Um <laughs> So anyway, back to the album. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the writing and recording process you guys went through? It was, um, I wrote it in 2019, so it's a bit old now. I'm kind of bored of it at this point. Yeah, um, yeah. No, uh, so and we recorded the music for it in early 2020, 22. No, sorry, 2020. And it was about, I think it was February, um, so it was right before the Corona stuff got like, you know, super big. Um, and it wasn't a big deal at the time. <clears throat> it was easy. I recorded the vocals at home anyway. So like, it wasn't like, there was no stress doing it and everything. The only problem was that it was supposed to come out in fall of 2020. And then we kept having to push it back. Yeah. And uh, then eventually we had all this label bullshit that we had to deal with. And so then <clears throat> Finally, we just, Atomic Fire, the record company came along and they they wanted to release it. 
And uh, at the time, I didn't want to work with any labels anymore because we just left a real shit deal there. And, <clears throat> but they were really cool. They were cool to work with. So I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, why not? Oh, mate, that's brilliant, mate. And, and Atomic Fire have got uh, their fingers and pies and, you know, they've um, all over the world. So, you know, I mean, hopefully that'll help get you out there. I think we've temporarily lost um, connection. There still, buddy. I've yeah, I can hear you now, but it froze right before you said atomic fire. Excellent. So, I mean, you must be wrapped to get on a, a, a label like that. <clears throat> but it's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. Yeah, it's uh, they're really cool to work with. And I was always like, over the years, I got so disgruntled in the whole music industry thing. Yeah. And because there's just there's so many fucking people trying to rip people off, it's not just labels. It's like everybody, you know, I see bands trying to rip other bands off and shit. Like, it's just, it's crazy. And, but I have to admit that dealing with Atomic Fire, they're so chill that like, I kind of had to suck it up and admit like, okay, I guess not everybody's a dick there, you know, like, <laughs> I can't, I can't generalize the whole thing. Unfortunately, I wish I could. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, mate, that's, that's absolutely brilliant. So, I mean, you've already talked a little bit about the COVID effect and everything um, and the delays and everything. Um, how did you must, I mean, it must be super frustrating having to hold on to it like your baby for so long. Yeah, like, I don't mind not touring. I kind of hate touring anyway, man. Like, I, it's not really something I'm super into. But, <clears throat> oh, one sec, my... Okay, I'm here. Um <clears throat> So, but the, the, yeah, they're having a way. That's the thing that sucks, man. It's like, cause fuck, it's like, I wish I could release the demos, you know, right when I finish them, you know what I mean? It's like, that's when a song peaks to me. That's when a song peaks. When I finish the demo, I stick on my headphones. I got three days of listening to it, to it until I get bored of it, you know, yeah. <clears throat> checking to see if there's anything I need to change or whatever. And then everything after that is just like just slow. It is, man. It's like you got to, then you got to, you got to rehearse it with the guys and everybody's got to fucking get their parts nailed. And you got to fucking spend a year waiting to go to a studio. And then fucking years later, it comes out. And by that time, you're like, I'm not even that mad anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness.
If you're enjoying this podcast in Manawatu, you could make your very own, just like this one. NPR exists to help people like you tell your story or share your passion on air and online. Check out npr.nz for more information. Metal Metalheads Radio, local, national and international news, interviews and our latest new releases brought to you by NPR, Battle of Two Peoples Radio. Okay, we're now going to have another track from uh, Skullfist, the track Long Live the Fist. Um, we'll have this and then we'll get into the second part of the interview and we'll finish it off with uh, two last tracks from them with the track Get Fisted and No False Metal coming up after the interview
Um, so you lost a, a guitarist in the process, um, uh, from my understanding amicably. Um, have you guys got um, plans for any sort of an, another guitarist to join you or anything like when you do get out on shows? I've been watching that old Mortal Kombat movie trying to figure out how to grow forearms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how did he do it? What is yeah. that? It's not paper. For mache. Um, no, yeah. I mean, like with Johnny, Johnny's around, you know, he, I've known, we've been buddies since we were kids, you know, so we're still buddies. I mean, that was a long time coming, you know, and it was nothing. There was no negative anything in it, man. It's like, it was just over 10 years, you know, like <clears throat> I was going over here. He was going over there, you know, it's like, yeah. we just, even musically, musically, we weren't going in the same direction, man. It's like, so when we were recording last record, I was just like, man, like, dude, we're totally not interested <clears throat> in the same things. Yeah. You know, like we're totally not. And he's like, yeah, I know. And I was like, like fuck it then you know what i mean like because it's like who cares like we're still buddies That's he started a band fun, yeah he started another band with jj our drummer i call it the anti skullfish band i think they're trying to <laughs> you know, trying something i don't know <laughs> but uh so yeah and but I, i'm gonna have to get another guitar player i got a dude that comes over every once in a while <clears throat> and uh i've known him for a long ass time too like 10 years so he's probably gonna be the guy that deals it I just have to get him on a show, a couple of shows, get him on a tour or something, see if, you know, see if he wants to murder us after he does it there. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, that's one of the most important things about being a, in a band is is that how you guys get on, you know, because you can't get on. I mean, if you're in a band with people you don't get on, it just sort of ruins the whole vibe. Dude, totally. It's like we've, I've known Casey for fuck. 12 years 13 years i've known jj for like seven years johnny i knew for like 14 years you know so it's like no johnny i've known for almost 16 years i don't know did matt yeah 16 <laughs> so do you like you can't i would never get someone in the band that i didn't know yeah you know what i mean like i'm fucking 35 i don't want to meet somebody new like that's <laughs> no way dude like I'm way past. Hey, man, I'm Zach. Like, I can't do that. <laughs> so, like, what kind of stuff you do, man? <laughs> I don't know. Awesome, mate. So, can you tell us about um, how the music comes to you and finding the connection between the music and lyrics? I mean, when you're writing music, is it something that, um, like, do you hear, like, just riffs or whole pieces? How, how does the music come to you? I think it's like, it's all random. It's like, sometimes it's like, sometimes I'm always like, it's always like, it's always right before bed. Right before <laughs> bed, I'm like coming up with lyrics, you know? Yeah. So then I'm like jotting them down on my phone while I'm lying in the bed, like supposed to go to sleep. <laughs> that happens. That's often. <clears throat> um, but sometimes it's just a riff, you know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. like, so I think it's like, it's different every time. It's like, sometimes I'll write a song intentionally not like the song warrior of the north was a lot less personal you know what i mean it's like i just wrote the lyrics like obviously the song get fisted that was i wasn't fucking you know i wasn't writing bob dylan poetry there or some shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh so it's like you know sometimes you work i think usually it's half and half it's like because you know like you can ruin a riff with a bad fucking lyric, you know, yeah. with a bad vocal melody. And you can, you know, you can make a fucking shitty riff 
turn gray, you know, with a good vocal note. So it's like, I think it's all random. I think generally I'm trying to think about all instruments when I'm doing something though. Because if I think to myself like, well, I want to play the same riff here. Well, I got to do is fucking put the bass in a different spot, maybe jump it up an octave for that next part and then get the drummer fucking doing a backbeat or adding a double kick there or something. Or I sing it this part high, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. <clears throat> I think when you're writing songs, you kind of have to. I, think it's, well, I would just say it's a good idea to kind of, as you're going, keep thinking about what you want the other guys to do. Very cool. So uh, you've been out on tour with some absolutely brilliant bands, the likes of Grand Magus and Sabaton and stuff like that. I mean, how much does that um, assist you and influence you um, when it comes to, to your writing and, and all that sort of stuff? I mean, like Warriors says an North almost sounds like a bloody uh, Grand Magus track, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, those are really nice guys. I think we were so young when we did that Sabaton tour that we were like i was we were totally incoherent to what anything else was going on other than getting loaded yeah like in truth yeah at the time yeah it was like i'd say 40 percent of the concerts we played back then we fucked up terribly because we were just too fucking too too ridiculous um but it's like i mean you can learn something from any band like if you wanted to you know what i mean i think like nowadays like I've kind of gotten into a place where like, I'm kind of, I've gotten into my own spot where I'm like comfortable there. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, I feel like I'm not really taking, taking things from bands like work ethic or something like that. It's like, it's kind of like, it's like I had to find the line on what I was comfortable with and what I wasn't comfortable with. You know, it's like, so some bands will tour for six months. I'm not, I can't fucking do that, dude. I, that's not a thing, man. Like, you know? Yeah. I'm socially on for like 30 minutes and then I got to take a shit and go to bed, you know, like, <laughs> so yeah. like, so it's like, but you do pick up things for sure. I remember one of the people that I thought was like such a, a good person to talk to was actually, uh, we shared a bus with that guy, Tom warrior. From Celtic oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we shared a bus with him in his band trip to con and we'd hang out and talk to him. And he was such a, he was such a fucking well-rounded dude, like just mentally, even emotionally. So like, he was just such a well-rounded dude that like a lot of the stuff he said, I was like, bah, get out of here, Tom. Was, yeah, he didn't know. I'm fine. But years later, looking back at the things he said, I'm like, man, that guy is so smart. Yeah. Like that dude just so knows what he's thought. And he was such a nice dude. So it's like, and then you can learn things from bands too. Like, on what not to do and shit, you know? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, like, yeah, you have a, you, I think a huge thing is like, oh, my dog's coming, is like maintaining that, uh, you know, like, don't fucking get a big head, man. That's like the biggest thing. It's like, don't get, yeah. like, obviously, there's not like, Skull is not a big band or anything like that, but it's like, for, for guys going forward, you know what I mean? Guys that progress, continuously progress in like uh, popularity or something like that. It's like, man, it's like, it's one of the biggest things I think is like, dude, chill out, you know, like don't, don't take your shit way too serious and don't fucking, don't get all John Lennon on everybody or something, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's it. I mean, I was going to sort of touch on that. I mean, you guys have had some, uh, what 
a lot of people would consider some big success. I mean, getting to tour with Triptychon and Sabbath and going to Japan and things like that. Those um, Sabbath guys are fucking awesome. That band is so badass. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they're so badass. Well, well, that was sort of where I was leading to is how does um, – what does it take to, to, to be successful? What, what gives, uh, what is that drive that you have that makes it so that you're able to do that? I mean, because a lot of bands would, I mean, be in your shoes and they wouldn't take that step to go overseas or haven't got the balls to quite do that. How is it that you guys have found that? What's the, the key to that for you? Uh, no other option. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess that's what it comes down to. I mean, but a, a lot it's of people. All I've got, man. I don't have anything else. <laughs> I don't have any other skills, bro. <laughs> yeah, I have well, one I... egg and one basket. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, what I'm sort of hitting is, I mean, you, you like talk just briefly about the the, the egos things and, and getting too full of yourself and all that sort of thing. I mean, it must be so important to keep grounded at that time, but also have that drive. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. It's like, uh, uh, I'd say like, I don't know, man, it's hard to say, like, in order to become a famous, successful band where you don't have to have a job. I mean, shit, I know guys in bands much more popular than Skullfist that have jobs, you know, so you got to be fucking big, dude. Like you, you know, like you fucking, I don't know, man, like you got to be fucking Watain big or something, you know what I mean? Like, I know Skullfist level. So, but you got to be willing to, I say this joke all the time. Now I've been saying it lately. The one thing I say is that like, you got to be willing to tour like six, seven months out of the year, at least. And for me, like, I'm just not willing to do that. I'm not, I'm not like, I love making music. I would never stop making music. And that's generally all I do on my days off. I ever, you know, I'm always making music, but like to tour for that long, like I don't want to be miserable, you know what I mean? I don't want to turn into a drunk again when I was in my twenties and shit. Like I don't want yeah. that shit, man. Like and but the other thing too is like it's like, man, the amount of time people spend on their phones, dude, like on the fucking computer, on the internet, you know what I mean? Fucking responding to messages and liking comments and what's your favorite song off the new album? <clears throat> All these little marketing things that people have to do. It's like uh I don't know. Like for me, it's not for me. Like I can't do that shit, you know, but uh, I would say that just those two things on its own are a massive factor. It's like, so my joke is always like your popularity is determined on how much hours you're willing to spend on your phone each day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, but I mean, of course, but also, I mean, you can say there's lots of bands that just kick ass, you know, like, uh, I think that there's a lot of bands that there's a lot of bands that fucking kick serious ass that aren't, you know what I mean? And I always wonder like, how the fuck are people so many bands I hear heavy metal bands that are fucking way better than Skullfist. And I'm like, but they're, they're still, they've never toured. They've never done anything. They're like, fuck, like I won't even play with Stryker anymore. I can't. The guy <laughs> sings too good. <laughs> Although Stryker's successful as hell too, though. So it's like, I don't know, man, it's such a weird thing. It's like becoming a popular musician, you realize, I realized after the years that it's like 20% the music and 80% a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> it is. It's pretty messed up. But, you know, I mean, 
I guess for, I mean, hopefully for people, you know, it's all about the music and um, not so much about being on the album, uh, uh, on the, the magazine covers or whatever, you know. I mean, yeah. money doesn't make a man, does it? I mean, money doesn't even make you happy or anything, does it? Well, I mean, uh, I mean, I got all the musical instruments I need. It's not like I need a new guitar or something there, so. Yeah. Well, as long as I can pay for my bills and dog food, you know, I'm good, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, that's exactly it, buddy. And also, probably a couple of yachts. Thinking maybe three, four <laughs> yachts. <laughs> I'd like to have four because I'd like to burn a few down if I want. <laughs> <laughs> you just send them out under the. Yep. <laughs> I'm trying to make this one reach New Zealand. Yeah, man, totally do. Awesome. Well, I've only got a minute or two left with you, so I've got to quickly ask you, touring. Um, you guys getting out on the road at any stage? I mean, I know you don't want to do a six month stint, but. We're going to have to, man. It's like I, I would feel like a jerk to my younger self if I stopped touring entirely, you know. So it's going to happen eventually. We don't have any plans. We had a tour that was booked for May in Europe, uh, but we actually canceled it because it's just all that virusy stuff there. It's like, just don't, oh, man, I don't want to deal with that shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, we're going to have to eventually, you know what I mean? Because like, there's no doubt. Um, and uh, we, I was just saying earlier that the only way for us to go to Australia and New Zealand is if we do Asia as well. Yeah. So I, I want to try and make it happen. Of course we do, man. Like I want to dick around there for a while, you know? Oh, mate, we'd love everybody, to have you down here, man. Everybody I talk to over there is always funny as shit. Everybody's cool. You know, it's so just hanging out, laughing and shit. And I'm like, man, look that. I'm going to go join those guys. <laughs> go oh, get mate. bit by a hundred different types of snakes. <laughs> oh, mate, that's Australia. We got, we got none of that down here. We got a few spiders, but that's about it. Yeah, I guess right, right. Yeah, you don't have you don't have like desert stuff, man. You got all fucking tropical looking stuff. Well, I don't know about tropical, but you know, we got a pretty mint down here, mate. Well, I guess it's like it looks a lot like BC. Uh, they call it like the Canadian rainforest. I guess is what they call. It. I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's not Brazil tropical, but we call it the Canadian tropics. Oh well, there we go. Yeah, no, no. Oh, mate. <laughs>
Metal to Metal, Metalheads Radio, proudly brought to you by NPR Metal to People's Radio.
support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Welcome to Battle 2 Metal, Metalheads Radio. Local, national and international news, interviews and the latest new releases brought to you by NPR, Battle 2 People's Radio. Okay, now we're going to have an interview with Peter and Daniel from the band The Halo Effect. Uh, This is their debut album with this particular band, and the album is called Days of the Lost. Uh, First off, we're going to play the latest single from the album, The Needless End, and then we will play the interview...
G'day, we're talking with Peter and Daniel from the band The Halo Effect. Uh, they're about to re- release their debut album, Days of the Lost, uh, August the 12th. Well, Struth, it's, it's still about uh, two months away. You, you must be getting excited, though. Yeah, it's going to be... I mean, we've been having this... Uh, we had this record um, with us for, you know, basically basically one year before the pandemic was over. So it's it's going to be amazing to finally release it. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, it must be pretty hard sitting on something that you've had, you know, for a quite some time ready. It's uh, when you yeah, have, I mean, you know, yeah, go ahead, Daniel. Of course, we're eager to let people hear what we created and we're so happy with the result. Um, and uh, yeah, we can't wait. And as, as Peter said, we've been holding for this for so long now, so we can't wait. Oh, mate, that's absolutely brilliant. So, um, Daniel, could you tell us a little bit about how you guys came together? I mean, I know you guys all have a shared history of a previous band, um, but but what brought you guys all together? Uh, I thought it was Nick Pleth who uh, uh, started talking to, to Michael about playing together. And, uh, and uh, I mean, me and Peter, we didn't have a band. Um, and Nicholas talked to us, and uh, I mean, I've, I've been off playing music for back then for like five years, five six years, and uh, and with this constellation, it felt like uh, yeah, I was ready to go. It was the right people at the right time. Oh, mate, that's absolutely brilliant. And and Peter, I mean, it must be pretty awesome to have that um, that thing going again with you and Daniel. I mean, from understanding, you guys work really well together and got you know, um, yeah, sort of like a, a primo. I mean, obviously, you've got a good working relationship relationship as well during the brewery. It feels great. I mean, uh, playing with Daniel has always been very easy. I know exactly his rhythmical style, so to speak. So I know exactly how to play on it and. Uh, I've been playing with uh, different drummers, uh, both you know uh, when uh, when he was on parental leave within Flames, and uh, also when uh, did it hang out there? No, no, just me? no video. Oh, oh, yeah, uh, and also uh, after Daniel quit, uh, so I and I those drummers were great, but I definitely don't know Daniel's style. So playing with him again is awesome, and like you said, we work together at the brewery every day, and uh, we know each other inside and out. So it's. Yeah, it's, it's just amazing. Oh, mate, that's absolutely brilliant. Um, so you guys sort of formed around the, the, the time that the whole COVID thing sort of hit. Um, a lot of people sort of saw the, I mean, see the, neg- the, the negative side of COVID. But for you guys, it seems to be quite a positive thing. <coughs> well, be correct. It's, it, it's yes and no. I mean, it's obviously it was a negative thing as well, but uh, it gave us time to start this new band. Uh, it wouldn't have happened otherwise since Michael is always on uh, on tour with uh, his band, uh, Dark Tranquility. And uh, so this, uh, we, we kind of, you know, even though it was negative, we kind of took the opportunity to do something positive about it. Excellent. So could you tell us a little bit about the, the writing recording process? I mean, how do you guys work? It's, it's uh, start. Oh, oh. <laughs> sure. Yeah, the, this is... Uh... When it comes to the pandemic, this was, this was a good thing uh, because we didn't have to rush the recording because we knew that uh, nothing will be released until everything is over. And there was a lot of bands that already had records that was uh, before us in line. So 
there was no stress in about this recording. We had a lot of time, so we could really work on every song uh, without without stressing, and uh, and we could take some time off in between sessions, so we didn't record the whole album in in once like you usually do. So it it's been really good. Well, that's it. I mean, a lot of people have been putting out a lot of music and a lot of people had music lined up, like you say, ready to go just before the pandemic. It, I mean, it must be such a blessing to be able to sit there and, and just give it that extra attention. Absolutely. I mean, um, like Daniel said, just taking our sweet time and then going in and fiddling with bits and pieces and uh, rearranging and rewriting and adding stuff and taking away stuff, you know, and doing that until we were 100% satisfied was uh, was fantastic. Plus, we got to write more songs, you know. We have, we have more songs than what fit on the album, so oh, won't, be, great news. won't be a lot of problems making a second record, so to speak. You know, there's a lot of time, there's a lot of um, material going on, and uh, there will be more, so. Absolutely brilliant. So, were you guys all able to get into the studio together, or was it something where you had to do, like, um, yeah, you know, maybe one or two at a time. How, how did that guys work? How did that work for you guys? It's been Daniel. different. Uh, sometimes we've been alone. Sometimes we've been all together. And, uh, and especially when it comes to me playing the drums in the studio, I like playing one or two songs and take some uh, time off, you know, to get out of the, um, the studio mode and get some, some fresh input and, uh, Otherwise, there's a risk that you get stuck in inside a box. You know, um, I want to go home and take some time off, and uh, you know, focus on the next song. Usually, you do like all the songs in a row, and it, I think sometimes the the musicianship will lack a bit of uh, inspiration. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, and, and getting all this time, I mean, we've gone over it a few times, but, you know, having all this time, I mean, it must have been just so, so awesome. Um, did that give you, I mean, you say you guys have had this ready for about a year. Um, was it sort of like, I mean, how much time did you actually get to spend in the studio versus the writing process? I mean, how much of it, um, how long did it take for the actual writing? The the writing was, I think we did it um all along while we recorded, so to speak. Uh, the first writing session we did together was uh, was at home in, in my uh, old studio. And uh, we did, uh, Nicholas had some ideas and I had some ideas. And Nicholas is a master in like taking, if, if somebody has an idea, he's really good in, in incorporating it in, into his ideas or making a full song of it. So we, we made, I think we made three songs first. Uh, and then after that, we actually went into the studio to record those and kept on writing in the studio as we recorded the, the demos. And oh, um, so that was, that was just great. It was just came along really smooth and very natural. So, <laughs> Oh, that's always good. Eh? Especially, I mean, bringing you all together. I mean, you've all got your separate bands and everything, but, you know, all coming together as, a, as almost call it a super group. Yeah, you know, um, all these different minds in the one room. <laughs> it was it's, it was so cool because everybody was participating in everything. You know, everybody's um, it's a little different from how we worked before. Everybody was involved in the songwriting. Everybody was involved in the arrangements and everything. And I think that kind of makes it what it is as well. You know, because uh, 
And if somebody recorded an idea, then somebody else might go in and, and play a little bit with that idea. And, and it was all fine, you know, all the, everybody brought their ideas to the table and uh, gave feedback to whatever was there. And we made a record together, the five of us. That was something that I've never really done before that way. So I think that was really, really um, giving experience. Well, that's, I mean, that's what being in a band is about, isn't it? And it's it's yeah. that camaraderie and coming together. And, and quite often um, it can get separated and there's egos and all that sort of carry on. I mean, you guys have been in bands for years, so you'd know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, it must yeah. be a pretty special experience to be able to do that. Yeah, and again, with all this time we had, we really had time to uh, listen to everyone's input. <coughs> Sometimes when you do record albums, there are um, you don't have time for that. But now we could really uh, talk about ideas and listen to it and give every every idea a fair chance, so to speak. Oh, mate, that's absolutely awesome. Now, um, you guys have alluded to me that you guys have a brewery. I mean, how much did that get involved in the in the, in the recording project? How much drinking sessions did you get in? Not too much, actually. We were uh, I mean, both both Daniel and I are really we're early risers, and we like to wake up early and go to the studio early. But obviously, there there's been some uh, some some drinking sessions in between. But um, I mean, the good thing about recording in Gothenburg as well is that you can actually record a few songs, take your time, and then go home, hang out with the family, and uh, you know, go back the next day or the next week. You know, when you have time like this. So. But there, there has been some sessions in between, and uh, there's always some. There was always some Odd Island beers in the fridge. <laughs> oh, that's absolutely brilliant. I mean, uh, I mean, there's a, something I've noticed in the last few months. I mean, what's with the, with the the Swedish water or something? Because you guys have got so much music coming out of you from from your country at the moment. It's absolutely insane. It's brilliant, but uh, you know, <laughs> we don't drink water here. That's why we drink, <laughs> we drink beer. <laughs> oh, mate, that's awesome. Oh, mate, awesome. Uh, so uh, on a slightly different tangent, but um, for, for both of you, the same question. Um, but how, how does the music come to you? I mean, how does it um, – do you guys just um, hear melodies, hear pieces? I mean, for you it would be different, Daniel, being a, a rhythm, but, I mean, you must hear it musically as well. But, but how do you guys hear music? I mean, does it just come to you in a, in a flow or what? how does it work for you? Sure. Uh, it's different. I mean, I can get inspired by almost anything. I would say um, it's it's different nowadays from from when you started out uh, playing. Um, then you had your um, like influential bands, uh, but nowadays I can get inspired by like total different music bands from other genres or whatever. Uh, it, it's hard to say exactly where i get ideas or inspiration from but uh it's from a little bit from everywhere i i agree it's it's it can come from anywhere and can can come from listening to another idea and just hearing a melody on it or it can be just sitting and playing with a guitar uh and writing a riff i mean this that was interesting in this one because um there were some riffs or melodies that wasn't uh, thought of as a, like a, a metal song but once we listened to them we put put it in and we 
we didn't really talk in the beginning that we're going to sound like this or that, but we knew that the way that we're playing and performing is, is uh, inevitable, inevitable to sound a certain way. Uh, so even though it was written like, I don't know, for instance, a, a soft pop song, it would come out <laughs> as the hello effect, so which is kind of cool. Oh, well, that's absolutely brilliant. So what songs for, for each of you would you say that you're... Um would be your favorite song or the song that you're most proud of off this album it's, i don't it's, know it's it's so hard usually it's easier when you when you played the song live a few times uh now it's still even though we have heard the songs for a long time i i want to see how how people react and how it feels to play play the songs live before i can make a fair judgment yeah get that crowd reaction yeah, and you, you kind of, I guess, you kind of, uh, some songs, you kind of expect them to be a certain way live, but you never know, you know, uh, this certain song might be a like, jump up and down song, and this song might be like a mosh pit song, but you don't know until you're there, because that's very, that comes very natural for the people watching us, so, but I mean, uh, there are a few, obviously, that I, I really like, but we rehearsed quite a lot now, and and it's, it's like choosing between your kids, you know, you love them equally. Yeah. 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 That's right. So, um, you guys have been able to do any, um, shows around releases or anything like that. Um, or you guys got shows coming up. Yeah. There's a, there's a couple of festival shows coming up and, uh, it's the first time we're going to be on stage together is this upcoming Saturday on Sweden rock festival. Um, then we're doing a tour together with uh, Machine Head and uh, Amon Amarth all over Europe uh, starting in September. Oh, well, you guys must be itching to get back on the road. Well, it's it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be interesting as well. We're a few years older and, you know, a few <laughs> years more co- more comfortable. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah. We're, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Excellent. I mean, that Sweden Rock Festival, I mean, that's huge, man. It is. Absolutely. It's like 10 years ago since we last played it or something, right? Oh. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Wow. Oh, it'll be like being reunited again. Oh, absolutely yeah. brilliant, mate. Um, so on a, going on to a slightly different subject, but for each of you, what, what were your first recollections of music? What was it that first got you wanting to play music? We'll start with you, Peter. Uh, I always had in- instruments at home. Uh, I had a grandfather who was a musician, so we had like, we had a piano, we had uh, uh, guitars, we had drums, we had uh, harmonicas. We have a, uh, even had accordion. Um, so I always played around with music, and I guess I got stuck with the guitar. Um, but as far as being a musician, I have this one moment when I was thirteen and I went to see an Iron Maiden show, and I squeezed my way all the way to the front, and I just said, "I want to do that." And that's, you know, it's, it's ne- it never changed, really. That's what I wanted to do all the way until I grew up, you know, and then I finally went on and did it. So oh, mate, that's my a... key moment. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. And you, Daniel? Um, yeah, I never had a, had a dream of being a rock star. Um, I mean, even though I, I like music a lot and my kid brother played the drums, um, so I borrowed the drums and a few friends of mine had a bass guitar and a guitar. And I noticed that I was, I had, it was easy for me learning to play the drums. I was talented, uh, but it was never my dream to become a rock star. Um, 
for me, it was not reachable. So I, I didn't even really think about it. But uh, I was lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So what, Ben, I mean, like you've so- talked about um, Iron Maiden, Peter, but for you, Daniel, what, what was what some of your those first influential bands? And, and, and what are some of the bands that influence you currently? I mean, because, dude, there's so much talented music out there um, coming out all the time. I am uh, uh, when oh, I st- oh. <laughs> <Showed it. laughs> uh, when I started to play the drums, uh, I started to listening to like more extreme metal, maybe because of the fast drumming stuff like that. So I was influenced by the Florida death metal scene uh, and Sepultura and bands like that. Absolutely brilliant, mate. And so, uh, what are sort of some of the, the, the your favorite current bands? I mean, is there anything you see out there that's really just blowing your mind at the moment? I am very bad at discovering new music. Uh, <laughs> I, I stick to like old jazz and stuff like that, and uh, Aretha Franklin and stuff. But I, I do love bands uh, that has has been around for a while, like Kill Switch Engage, uh, Trivium, Honor, Devil Driver those types of bands uh, and obviously Iron Maiden and stuff like that as well. But as far as new bands that there, there, there's lots of new stuff, obviously uh, there's one really cool band called Nestor. Uh, you should check out. Uh, and also there's the singer's older band called straight Frank. He's an amazing uh, singer and uh, really, really great guitar players in, in both bands and that check them out. Nestor. They're really good. Absolutely. Brilliant. Very cool. So we haven't got very much longer with you, but um release formats um could you tell us about how you guys is it coming out on lp are you doing different variants and all that sort of thing yeah i'm not i don't really exactly know what we're doing but i know that we're doing a, a box set and that we we're doing vinyl and we're doing different colors of the vinyl i'm sure uh and obviously cd and stuff like that but um nuclear blast are always really cool in doing coming up with very innovative uh, ideas um but uh, i'm not quite sure exactly what we're doing for this one and what's official or not but uh, there's a box set definitely and i think that's even sold out oh right that's what we want to hear that's brilliant man yeah. <laughs> i mean you, i mean you talked about getting into your older music and all that sort of new jazz and your Aretha length and i mean that's it i mean vinyl is, is such we, we have all these as well there all the singles. We... oh wow i think they're coming together in a box set as well but uh, these are available right now. I think a few of each. Oh, that, really that's cool. absolutely brilliant, man. Because you, you've just released the newest single, haven't you? Um, the Needless End. Yeah. Oh, man, that's absolutely yeah. brilliant. You must be excited. Getting all these tracks out, you know, four tracks off the album. Well, it's it's uh, it's great because, uh, I mean, we, we're we going to play live in a few days. And uh, obviously, we, we've only released four, four songs. So it's going to be a treat for everybody <laughs> to hear the actual album uh, in its entire, entirety, whatever you say. Um, so, uh, but yeah, getting music out is always fantastic. You know, uh, you're always ready so long before the release. So you always kind of put it aside until it actually comes out. But yeah, I can't wait. I mean, uh, we were all ready to release this album last year, but due to the pandemic, we had to wait, obviously, because otherwise we couldn't support it with the tour. Yeah. Well, that's it, and that's been, I mean, for, for so many different bands, it's been just waiting to get out there on the road again because, I mean, there's no point bloody releasing the album and not being able to play. 
I mean, for a yeah. lot of people, that's the that, that's where you're at. I mean, it's, it's cool to release music, but for I mean, I know for you guys are musicians, you want to just get out there and play, don't you? Yeah, yep. <laughs> oh, mate, that's absolutely brilliant. Um, I've got two last questions for you before we go. Uh, one, I wanted to ask you about Matt Heafy and, and his um, inclusion in one of the tracks that you've got on there. I mean, how did that come about? Um, Matt's an old friend of ours, and uh, we talked about having a guest singer. And I think Jesper reached out to him, just uh, asking if he was was uh, he wanted to. And then him and Michael started talking, and we sent the album. I think they picked the track that that was suitable for him, and uh, he sang on half of it, I think. And then we 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 chose where we wanted his parts in. It's kind of coming in on the last chorus, or no, on the last verse. It is actually. Um, I mean, it just, you know, an awesome guy, great singer uh, in a great band and uh, fantastic to work together with him. And obviously, if we play festivals or shows together, if he can come up and guest, then it could be a really cool thing. Oh, mate, that's really cool. I mean, I'm a big fan of Trivium and, and Matt Heafy. Um, and he's yeah. been so busy with what he's doing. I mean, Ibaraki is absolutely killer, <laughs> eh, mate? It's yeah, just yeah, phenomenal. He's, he's awesome. Yeah, and yeah, um, just as an inspiration, he's he's an inspiration as a human being as well. Just from all yeah, the stuff he does, he's he's just a crazy bugger. He's he's awesome. No, I agree. He's he's a, he's a really good friend and uh, somebody we don't see nearly as often as I'd like. But uh, we've toured together many times, and he's always been awesome. It's uh, you know we became friends on the first tour we did together, and that was like fifteen years ago or something like that. So yeah, yeah. great guy. We started- he almost had the diapers when he when he started touring with us. <laughs> I, think, I think the whole band was underage back then. <laughs> oh wow! I mean, that must be it. I mean, it must be pretty crazy, sort of looking back and seeing people like that that you've sort of grown up with, and and seeing their their progression as alongside yours. Yeah, I mean, it must be pretty special. Hey, it is absolutely, yeah. and it's 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 fantastic to. When people say they're inspired by us, and then we say uh, we're inspired by you as well, you know, and and that's that's the beauty of music, you know. It, there's no, there's no age, there's no, um, uh, you know, well, there's styles over the '80s styles, and but music never it goes out of style, so to speak. So you can go get influenced anytime at at any place, and I think that's super cool. Well, that's it. I mean, and that's one of the things. I mean, I I love about metal is that it, it's a um, a music that hasn't. I mean, it's aged and it's um, evolved and everything, but it's still, you know, as the the musicians are getting a lot older, it's just still going just as hard, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you you get these rappers and all that sort of stuff, and um, you know, they just can't do it past forty. Whereas, you know. You've got metalheads of 50, 60 just going hard nuts, man. And it's yeah. absolutely, it's just so cool to see. Eh? I mean, I'm, I'm not getting any I, did, I, think, and, uh, you know? I think Nick had just turned 70 or something, right? Nick McRae. Yeah, well, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's something pretty special, though. Eh? And it's unique. I, I see it as being unique to metal, eh? I mean, when you look at it, I mean, there, there were a lot of musicians, um, especially the old dudes like Leonard Cohen and, and Neil Young that are still just going as hard. And, you know, and so it's not completely a metal thing, but, you know, you're not likely to see Snoop Dogg up there at 70. He's the one person I, I could actually see at 70. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> well, there we go. I stand corrected. <laughs> 
<laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Okay, I've got one last question for you both. Um, and we'll start with you, Daniel. Um, but words of advice for young musicians? Uh, advice from an old guy. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> stay, uh, this, is, this is so cliche. <laughs> but uh, uh, stay true to what you believe in. Uh, don't uh, jump on trends when it comes to music, I think. Uh, it will last in the long run. That's a uh, basic uh, advice. Well, that's brilliant. And pra- pra- practice, 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 yeah, yeah. practice. Don't. Uh, I never practice. practice. <laughs> 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 but, but you're used to it. I mean, but I think it's, it's super important. You know, be good at your instrument and you know keep playing with musicians that are better than you because that will raise your level. <laughs> 